Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name is Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors and today I'm here with Dawn Hilton. Hi Dawn, how are you? Hi, hi Denise. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure, my pleasure. So Dawn, what's your business called and what do you do? Uh, well, I have two. I have two. I'm a working hairstylist. I own a, a salon in West Yorkshire, uh, but I'm also a qualified uh, consultant trichologist as well. So um two two elements of the business at the moment um and the trichology is the newer the newer side um i've been in hair now a lot of years <laughs> what got you into hairdressing um do you know when i was when i was at school i didn't think about a career in hairdressing but whenever there were school discos or anything else it were always me that were doing everybody's hair i used to perm my friends hair and stuff it were quite bizarre when you look back now you think how on earth did you ever do that but my friend's mum said, oh, Don will do it for you. That'll be all right. You know, you buy the old Tony pin-up um, from, uh, from the chemist. I'm showing my age now. But yeah, so I didn't I didn't really see it as a, a career. I wanted to go into travel. And then I did my work experience at a travel agent. And I just thought, no, this isn't really for me. So ended up, um, you know, in, in hairdressing. And I haven't looked back since. So yeah, that were a, a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you should say that because obviously we know each other because I negotiate leases for salon owners and all the different podcasts and different like um, um, speaking gigs and stuff that I've done recently. It's only recently that I've realized that one, when I was 16, I worked in a hairdresser salon. I'd completely forgotten all about that. Yeah. When whenever I had any po- um, pocket money or anything, so I've worked since I was twelve. Whenever I had any pocket money or anything, I always spent it on getting my hair done. That was my thing. I loved getting my hair done, and you know. And then you know there was a big turn in um, the, a big reason why I went into negotiating leases for salon owners, and we'll probably talk about that later. But you know, it's just fascinating how you kind of. You, you don't think you're going to get into something like I had never had any desire to be a hairdresser at all but there was loads of what like now there's loads of warning signs as to why this is the industry that I love so much so what why did you decide to kind of stay in it for so long and, and when did you decide to then train to be a trichologist uh yeah I think we obviously training worked on the salon floor started doing I diverted a bit and did a bit of teaching, a bit of assessment. Realised that I couldn't be bothered with that. I couldn't do it. Just went back to, you know, to being in the salon. Dawn, your internet seems to be going. Are you there? I'm here. Yeah. Can Sorry, you hear me? your internet. Uh, not very well your internet seems to have gone right I'll go let me move I'll see um I'll go sit on steps and see if that's any better (laughs) let me see if not I might have to go down into actual salon but it won't be quite as uh, quiet (laughs) (laughs) is that any better yeah it seems to be I'll sit on steps and then uh, go from there (laughs) love the things we have to do to get into the routers underneath here so maybe we might be all right might we um so yeah so then I got my own salon when I was 28 I went into it with a partner and that kind of went its separate ways as it did so then I kind of like a lot of salon owners I'm sure remortgaged my house and 
had to buy you know because it's freehold my property um, oh wow that's great so, yeah so that is what's probably kept me tied longer um but I think as well when I started my trichology journey I think that was more to do with clients I was seeing I were coming across these problems when they were having problems with the hair loss and stuff and I just drew a blank I didn't know how to help them or advise them and I do think they come to you as their hairstylist and look for information from you and you know I were you know recommending them to go off to a trichologist and I, it just went from there really and I just thought why not you know I were at a position with salon where staffing were quite good at that moment and I thought I can't take myself off to London once a month you know and, and and do it so I haven't looked back really it's been been great so it's nice to have that I'm still fascinated with all things hair I still like to make it look pretty but I still like to find out when it's not working as it should why that is you know I, you know it's so yeah it's great it is a great industry it really is yeah it is I love working within the industry because I just find the people just my people they're always yeah. so caring and then yeah. they want to help people largely and that's yeah. just who I want to surround myself with I don't want to surround myself with people who who are hard to work with we spoke about this before we came on yes. on live it's so important to me to to enjoy what I do every day because we work hard so you know oh, there's yeah, no yeah, need definitely. to surround ourselves with people that don't make that enjoyable yeah, so the trichology then where are yeah. you where are you taking this what's the plan um I've got obviously I'm lucky at the salon that I've got room to be able to see see patients here as well so the aim is to build it to a point where I'm you know I'm I'm probably doing more trichology than hairdressing I would be interested further down the line at, at maybe looking at doing some pop-up clinics that'd be great because I, I know I know from hairdressers and I know they like to help the clients and um, also I know that they want to be the the salon that provides these services for their clients um, so I'd love to be able to at some point look at some pop-up clinics and you know, go into other salons and and you know help them with their 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 clients really with the hair loss issues or scalp complaints and and go from there. So that's kind of the longer plan. I've got my eye on a science degree as well, so I'm not quite sure how I'm going to fit this in. But I did really well when I did my trichology, and I amazed myself because at school I just wasn't interested. I was one of them people that just slipped through the net, left school with no major qualifications went off there and it were a, it was a lot of science but it was only the science relevant to the hair and scalp and so many gaps I had massive gaps that I were having to really you know look at it for myself and I think do you know what I, at some stage I'd really like to go so yes yeah, so I've got my eye on a, a science degree so that would be yeah, that would be fun wouldn't it but yeah I did well two years it was two years distinction both years and I picked up the special award in year one and year two so the last person to do that was the past chairman um and I think that was because she presented me with the award and she was quite emotional um so that were back in the 90s so it's it's quite astounding to say that I only spent 60 percent of my time at school because uh, I didn't quite like it <laughs> 
amazing congratulations so what do you think you'll do with the science degree then i think obviously any well i'll just link it to the trichology and to the hair so anytime i go off researching it'll it'll always come back to the hair i'll always be trying to fetch it back to the you know to the hair's composition or the products that we use on the hair um you know the the body as well in in health and illness that you know I'm sure I can find a way to link it back some way or other to to the hair so yeah so we'll have to see I'm registered for open uni for September but there's a we're lucky we've got a couple of universities nearby as well and there's this one on campus at Uddersfield and their course looks amazing but I need to see where I'm at as well with the salon because like most salon owners when they've come back it's it we've we've not really we really haven't got an idea what's happening have we for the next six months or so and never mind further forward so um and staff have been trying to get a stylist and you know everybody's insane but nobody seems to be shifting at all do that it's uh yeah no, I think it's scary to think to yeah. move to another salon just in case there's another lockdown and you don't end up getting furlough or or any of the self-employed benefits so how how did it affect your salon throughout the pandemic um oh yeah it's been tough it's been tough I, I, I feel lucky I feel that I've been in a better position than some because the property's freehold the bank manager that I have my loans with Nat West and the bank manager that I had I've got to say was excellent you know I phoned him up and you know just put put the mortgage straight onto payment holiday and things so when I got the grant money it were it it did pay for what was coming in at the time this last one was was getting really quite quite tight before we came back again but I just thought if I'd still my loan to pay the same as people have still the rent to pay as well as the bills that were coming in we know trade I just I consider myself lucky, it's been horrendous, but I consider myself lucky from that side of things that actually I could put my loan on on hold and um, a lot of people with the rent haven't had that luxury, have they? Yeah, I was Um, part of the excluded. I I wasn't entitled to anything, which was really hard work, but I consider myself lucky that, you know, I I managed to continue working throughout, not anywhere near as much as I was before but enough to kind of keep me going which was um, amazing yeah and there was nowhere to go and nothing for us to do so like my outgoings dramatically reduced as well so it kind of balanced itself out which was really good but it was that constant kind of concern about where are things going to go and what are things going to do and obviously you know I had plans for the business too and that completely changed and I didn't know where that was going to go so was that the same for you did you have grand plans and has that changed at all um yeah I think I think to be honest it's probably spurred me on to 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 plan a little bit more and, and my plans to be a little bit bigger I think I'd got stuck I think because when I bought bought my partner out of the business and I remortgaged it were in 2008 so then the property price prices crashed so then I was stuck in negative equity for 10 years. So I were, I were kind of very much trying to just maintain and keep things steady. And, you know, whereas obviously we're locked down, you, you kind of, I don't know, it just gives you perspective and you just think, you know, I need to just get my shit together now and just get on with this and, you know, appreciate what I've got and, and make it, you know, more 
make it more early. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm kind of there. Um, but I think it's been different for everybody. Everybody's rethought what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, especially in our industry, we've seen people completely leave the industry. We've seen, like for me, I've seen yeah. so many people getting new salons and like really deciding actually working for somebody else isn't for them anymore. They want to go yes. kind of go out on their own, which, you know, is incredible. But like so many others who are just like, I just don't want to do this anymore, which is really sad to see. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's part of natural progression. I suppose it give it gave people the the right to kind of or the the um yeah, the right to kind of decide this it just isn't for me anymore, which I think is kind of quite good. Yeah. Yeah, I think most people hit hit a crossroads, don't they, with the career and they might end up diversifying like I've done or they might end up just a complete, a complete change. I mean, I've got one of the girls that works with me at the moment. This wasn't to do with COVID. This came before COVID, actually, but but she took herself off um, to do paramedics. So she's gone herself off to uni and having a complete change and, you know, to become a paramedic and stuff. And it's it, it's great, isn't it? But you find that even when they do have a complete change, I do think that those instincts that we have and nurturing and caring for people, I, you know, I, I do think they often choose another path that have, that has got similar qualities um yeah you know do you I think yeah yeah it kind of is who they are as people isn't it that they think you know I still want to kind of be around people and help people but the other thing for me about this industry is that it's hard to be on your feet for that amount of time you know as you get older it's it's hard to kind of and it's really physical it's like the upper body physical too a lot of my friends who are in the industry when they went back after um the pandemic they were suddenly using those muscles again and it was wow yeah yeah I think don't think people realize quite how physical this industry is yeah so when you're not yeah it's all right so when you're not in the salon what do you like to do um to be honest, I am a bit of a workaholic at the moment. Um, I've got <laughs> same. I've got, yeah, I've got two two children as well. So weekends tend to be taken up with football because my son plays football. So it's 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 amazing how quickly Sunday goes. Big time you've driven half an hour for a match and then then come back again. But yeah, um, and I've got a crazy dog as well, so she keeps me keeps me busy. Um, but yeah, um, I'm a bit hopeless really at the moment. I think because there haven't been anywhere to go either. I've, I've, I've got stuck in, I suppose, like a lot of people have. You're either at work or you're at home. And I was thinking to myself this week, I must, I must start getting out and doing things and um, getting back to some, some normality. Can't wait to go out for things to eat. And yeah, we've uh, we have been uh, having quite a lot of uh, takeaways and things because you just miss e- eating out, don't you? Like I like to go out and eat out, definitely. I do. I went the first night we could. I went out for dinner, and I was just so grateful that somebody else was cooking for me and doing the dishes. It was so exciting. No, it's nice to to get out. It's 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 been so weird. I think it's just completely changed changed everything and um yeah I'm, I'm just starting to get back to some kind of normality because since we've come back to work as well that's been it, head down and behind that chair and just get on with it hasn't it but um yeah and I'm partial to a bit of alcohol as well I quite like to have a 
a bit of alcohol as well so I know um, I didn't yeah. even have time because I was working right up until the end I didn't even have time to grab a glass of wine so I'm on the water tonight sadly yeah I know I've, I've got juice I thought I better not I will attempt to call out at shop before I uh, came on here but then I thought no I better not I am still officially on duty <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing for me is I think I better just uh, wait while I get home. Yeah, well, I work from home as well, so I feel like there's never a kind of break. I get up and I work straight away, and then I carry on working until either you know I've got something that I have to do, or you know, and it's just never ending. So for me, I've now got into a routine where I go out for a walk as soon as my dog wakes up in the morning. I take him out for a walk, so at least then it's kind of non-negotiable. And luckily, it doesn't get up till half past nine, ten o'clock. So that kind of fits in really well with that's our routine. Good. Yeah, no, that's it's really good. good. It? Yeah, but you yeah. you find I, I think I've got a couple of couple of clients that work work from home all the time and live on their own, and they've real they've really found it difficult. And coming out to the hairdressers, it's kind of it's put it back to the tree. It's I won't say it's a luxury, but it's no longer a necessity, is it? All of a sudden they've kind of remembered why they like to come and what they get out of coming. And it, it has kind of stopped it just being that routine, I think, because you know if you've nobody at home to talk to and you're just working all the time at home, it's it, you must just feel like it's closing in on you. Um, I've always got the radio on or clubhouse or something yes, like that just yeah. to keep me kind of occupied because if not if I sit in the, the quiet all day I just yeah. just becomes like overwhelming plus I'm, I'm I'm a master procrastinator as well so if I don't have something yes. like kind of distracting me in the side then I kind of find something else to entertain me so I'm it like keeps that. me working when I'm got yeah. something in my ears yeah. that really helps yeah so how are you like we met on clubhouse how are you finding that um I, I, to be honest I need to put a bit more effort in I think on on there I, I like when I get time I like to just go in and listen a lot of the salon things are great um you know and I, I'll often just kind of listen and then occasionally I think oh I might I might jump up or whatever but yeah I do I do find it interesting I find it takes a lot of time um, it's good when I'm day off I'll always kind of see who's on when I'm on my day off and like you I'll be pottering or you know sorting something for work but I'll, I'll have it on in the background uh, but yeah it, it's 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 great for it is great for networking isn't it but you pick so much up and I think I would I, I were asked to contribute to a newsletter actually with the institute where I did my trichology and I mentioned clubhouse in the fact that you know, it's great to be able to just all talk in the same room because it's amazing what you do learn from your peers. When you go off to events and things at CPD events, obviously you're taking a lot of information in, but you learn half of the time you come away with as much information from talking to your peers as what you do from the presenters. And I think with Clubhouse, that I think as an audio platform, I think a lot of industries will benefit from organizing something even if it isn't clubhouse but just in in-house so to speak where they just jump on and can share ideas and um definitely yeah I think it's it's great actually you're very you're very good aren't you on it you um, have you been on it a long time Denise I think I started in January right yeah, yeah so oh I suppose that is quite a while now I forget yeah. what, what month we're in now yeah 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 it's been phenomenal for me though I've just managed to you know connect with people I would never 
have been anywhere near before like I speak to Lee Stafford every week and that just yeah. blows my mind yeah <laughs> he, he tends to do his rooms on a on a Sunday doesn't he and yeah. there's quite a few rooms on a Sunday but I tend to try and I do end up dip, dipping in and out sometimes but then I try and I try not to too much on a Sunday because it's on a full day I have off with with the family and it's like you've got to draw a line somewhere haven't you um, yeah I don't do anything on a Saturday I try to have the whole of Saturday off which ah, is really good. good it was yes. funny actually somebody contacted me today and said can you do a, a clubhouse room on Saturday night and I just replied have you lost your mind <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah. not no no, no. You, you know I suppose your Saturday's like my Sunday isn't it because I tend to be in work on a Saturday so um you know so to me that's a normal working day but I am gonna have to have a look because there are some great speakers on on a Sunday definitely and I've yeah. noticed as well now on a Monday that there's the hairdressers federation have started doing a room as well on a Monday so sometimes you can you can pick some up because a lot a lot of hairdressers are off on a Monday aren't they so I tend to tend to listen more then um but yeah I, I'm, I'm a bit kind of like what do I do? Do I, you know, do I do I jump on this uh, this chat or do I uh, continue watching uh, movie with uh, with the family? You know, it's uh, it it is difficult. Let's not forget that actually you're recording this out, aren't you? <laughs> so, what, what if what changes are you going to make to your business now that you've kind of had the inspiration from lockdown happening, but also all of the different um, things that you've learned? from networking in Clubhouse, yeah, what yeah. what changes are you going to make? I'd, I'd like to, I'd definitely like to work on the business more. I've always been working in the business. I've never quite managed to make that transition. Um, and I think lockdown and, and I think Clubhouse was instrumental in that. I think it's really kind of switched me on to thinking, right, you've got to really work on the business as well and the aim is to come away more from the chair and you know hopefully do more on my trichology maybe get out into other salons and go and meet other salon owners and stuff because it's great talking shop with people that understand as well what what you you know what you're on about I'm never gonna I'm never gonna be a chain of salons or anything like that that's I just haven't got the energy for that but yeah I'd, I'd like to get this business a bit further along and it to be able to spot itself completely whether I'm there or not and then I can just come in and do my clients and enjoy it and just enjoy the craft and um you know dip in and out really I suppose <laughs> yeah that's a that's yeah. a part of the conversation that I have with all of my clients where I say to them because the way I work is I like to know everything about them and everything about where they've come in their business and where they plan to go so I make sure that the least that they get fits with their future plans yes. and part of the conversation I always have when they say they want to do x y and z is it's very hard to work on the business yes. and in the business yes. at the same time and there yes. needs to be a point where you have to make that decision and it might not be that you are financially at the right stage but you have to make that decision for your business which makes me laugh because we know from the way I work that I'm working on the business and in the business and it's really difficult and I, I know I'm, I'm gonna have to make some hard decisions very soon but it is all part of that that you just you cannot sustain that for a long oh. period of time 
no no and and you know i'm very aware of that i think i've i think i've sustained it longer than i should have done to be honest i think i probably should have taken that step back before before now but you never quite get to the the point is kind of getting there and then something happens and it all all the dynamics change I always think that it's like a constantly moving jigsaw puzzle so you're forever trying to get the pieces into the right place but it, it doesn't always come and it's like you know when's a good time to have a baby you've just at some point you've just got to say right that's it and, and crack on haven't you um and you know but it's always the worry because you, it's it's always you that's responsible for those bills so it always comes back to you so then that pulls you back to the business I suppose and and in the business doesn't it but yeah I'm definitely working on it I wouldn't say I've got it sorted yet but I'm definitely trying to work towards that without a doubt <laughs> yeah we all are <laughs> So I think always end the podcast with the eight mile moment. So I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me. I love Eminem and he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him. He's skinny, he's white, his mum lives in a trailer so that his opponent can't say anything bad back to him. So Dawn, what are the worst <laughs> things about you? The worst thing, I'm stubborn. I'm very stubborn. Um, I'm a maddy ass when I want to be. I, I, you know, I can definitely have the face on um but yeah yeah definitely stubborn definitely stubborn definitely madder um I uh, drink too much and I eat too much of the wrong stuff as well uh, but generally I'm not I'm not horrible I'm, I'm I'm a reasonable person but yeah I've got some uh, some naughty qualities as well I suppose so yeah <laughs> no they're all fine because I've got yeah all they, all, well. they all yeah <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast no, thank Dawn. you for having me it was great as always if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast you can contact us at podcast at find-surveyors.co.uk say goodbye Dawn bye thank you